I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Okay, here we are in the midst of COVID, in the midst of all kinds of things that are happening in the world. And if you're listening to this in its first edition, like when it's first coming out, I mean, it's a crazy time. And one of my guests that I've been wanting to have on for a while is Pastor Jimmy Evans, who's a senior pastor of Gateway Church. These guys have like 71,000 active attendee members. They have 30 to 40,000 just at their main campus. It's crazy. And they're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. They also have like jails and prisons and Bible schools and prisons, and they do tons of like really practical stuff, but they hear from God powerfully. Robert Morris, many of you are familiar with him who founded the church. And then Jimmy himself is the founder of and CEO of Marriage Today, which is a TV show plus slash marriage ministry, which I believe is one of the biggest ones in the world. And they're teaching people just to have the right skills and the right tools to thrive in their marriage. And his wife, Karen, is very much involved and co-hosts Marriage Today, the, the uh, TV show that's all around the world. And then Jimmy has an honorary doctorate of literature from King's University. He's authored more than 17 books, and he cares a lot about Christ's return, which is super interesting to me. But he's a person that I really love. Like the few times I've been around him, I feel like he has an expanded uh, an expanded capacity to be able to bring and assimilate really higher, you know, kingdom thoughts and bring them into everyday, break them down into bite-sized pieces for you and I. And he's going to do that for you today. And I love that we're going to hear some of the behind the scenes story of his marriage. And I'm going to ask him some, some questions because I love hearing why people are preaching about and starting things in the, their, their lane that they're in that are so successful. Like, how did you get there? So I'm excited to ask those questions. I'm sure you're excited to hear them. But come join me for my interview with Pastor Jimmy. And right before we get there, we have some offers for you. We have some exciting news. We have a new online platform called Bowles Ministries Online Platform. It includes all of our content for one low price. This is all of our e-courses, which is Keysum's Economy, Prophetic 101, Modern Prophets, Living and Thriving Marriage, God's Secrets. But here's where it gets really interactive. We have a Translating God mentoring platform with new content every week. So weekly teaching videos and group and individual mentoring videos and guest contributors from around the world, weekly prophetic testimonies, weekly Q&A. You're going to love this. This is an interactive platform that invites you to exclusive content for me and guests. There's also an opportunity for you to submit your dreams to interpret. You guys are going to love this. And this is all one low price of $14 a month. And I want you are exploring the prophetic family to join. Come be a part of this. It's going to change your life. And I know we're going to enjoy having you. So come visit BowlsMinistries.com. Well, welcome to today's show. I have a very unique guest today, and I love his voice, his perspective. Pastor Jimmy Evans, thanks so much for being on today. Great to be with you, Sean. Well, we met through Daystar, which is really fun, and I just got to hear a little bit about you. Then I went home and I read your books, two of the books, and then I started listening to you at Gateway. And what you guys are doing at Gateway has been leading the body of Christ around the world in such a beautiful way for quite a while now. But uh, I want to get into your actual story because you, one of the things you focus on, you focus on the very diverse subjects, but one of the things you focus on and you empower so well is marriage and family. And you've been married for over like 47 years and have two kids and five grandkids. I mean, this is incredible to have the legacy that you impart to that to everybody else. But tell us about your marriage and like the God dynamic to it. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Well, our marriage was horrible. Um, we, 
I got saved a week before we got married. Oh, wow. And, and I mean, I was rough, rough, rough. And uh, Karen had just gotten saved maybe three or four months before we got married. And she was very pure. I was very wild. Uh, and But I got radically saved a week before we got married. And oh, wow. we, we, in fact, she told me she wouldn't marry me a week before we got married because all the bad stuff I'd done. And I, and I married her not because she told me, or, or I got saved, not because she told me she wouldn't marry me. I really got saved because the way I say it is sin lied to me. I mean, I was a really great sinner. Uh, mm. I was good at it. I woke up every morning to sin and I was very successful. And, <laughs> and you know, I just, I just remember after the parties and after the immorality and after all the drinking and stuff I did, I would go to bed and I just felt empty. And um, if I was not in a crowd of people, I felt lonely. In fact, sometimes I felt lonely in the midst of a crowd. And, but I kept thinking, well, if I do all these things, I'm going to be happy. Well, so um, I had heard the gospel. You know, uh, I had hung around Christians in church. Um, but the day that I got saved was the night after, actually the morning after my bachelor party. Done a bunch of bad stuff. I had never felt guilty in my entire life. I had no conscience. I mean, literally, I had no wow. conscience. Wow. But that morning, um, I woke up and I was very convicted about my behavior. Now, let me also say, uh, my mother-in-law was a Christian, and she <laughs> had a Bible study praying that we would not get married. Oh wow! And, oh, they they didn't like me, and, and they were smart. They had good discernment. I can tell you that. Um, I and I woke up. I really believe it was their prayers that really caused me to kind of awaken spiritually. And on the morning after my bachelor party, I got up and went to the bathroom and looked at myself in the mirror. And I had very high self-esteem. I had too high self-esteem. And I looked in the mirror and I just thought, I don't, I don't respect you. I just wow. don't, I don't respect who you are. And in that bathroom that morning, I said, Lord, I'll follow you for the rest of my life. I'll never turn back. And when I said those words, the, I heard the voice of God. And he said, never see your friends again. I mean, oh, wow. I had never heard God's voice. I didn't know the Lord. And that day I broke off my relationship and I had all these friends that I'd grown up with all my life. And I, I was as bad as them. I'm, I'm not blaming them. We were all terrible. But I would never have been able to follow Christ if I had kept those friendships. Wow. I broke off all my relationships with them. I'm, Karen and I made up and we got married a week later. And even though I was a Christian, Sean, I was a horrible husband. I was very mm -hmm. dominant, very selfish, uh, just, and, and I'd come out, I, and I had no, uh, I had no role model. My, the marriages in our family were bad. Uh, my mom and dad were married, but they didn't have a good marriage. And so um, we fought, I, I golfed all the time and worked all the time and just didn't treat Karen very well. And so after several years of marriage, I told her to get out and leave. And, um, and she, uh, really upset, you know, when that happened and she went in the bedroom crying. And that morning, now this sounds crazy, but I read my Bible every morning. I was a jerk, but I was a sanctified jerk. <laughs> and I read my Bible that morning at John 16. And Jesus said in John 16, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead you into all truth. Yeah. Well, when Karen went in the bedroom crying that night, I was sitting in the living room and that verse came to my mind. And uh, and I said to the Holy Spirit, 
I don't know how to be a husband and I need you to teach me how to be a husband. Wow. Wow. And at that instant, it was like I, I, blinders fell off my eyes is the only way I can say it. But the instant before that, I thought Karen was the problem and I was Mr. Wonderful. And as soon as I said that, I could see myself for who I was. And I also see that I was married to a precious woman that I was mistreating. And, and I went in and I apologized to Karen. I repented to her. I said, I'm sorry for how I've treated you. Uh, you know, I'm going to change and I want you to forgive me. And yeah, our marriage didn't turn around that night. It, it was the beginning, but literally we were so numb and I had really done so much damage to her with my mouth mm. and just my, you know, not being there for her. But I, but the next morning I woke up and I just said, Holy spirit, I need you to help me to learn to be a husband. And he did. You know, he's, he's so personal. He's so real. Yeah. And just day by day, he led me to do just little things at a time. But I would say the way I would say it is within several weeks, we had, we were, we were laughing together again. And we were, wow. you know, we had a friendship wow. within several months. We were deeply in love. Uh, and within, you know, a year or so we, our marriage had never been uh, that good. Uh, and uh, it's just grown since. God made marriage get better every year when you do it correctly. Uh, and most so people fear. fail because they just don't know. You know, they don't know how to do it. Well, and I think when people invite, you know, the Holy Spirit to come in, it, some people think of it as like, it's going to be like a vampire who you invite into your doorway and he takes power over you and all of a sudden you're possessed, you know, right. versus no, he, he still has you as an individual. You have a will, you have to choose him moment by moment. And he's coming to give you truth and actually to assimilate the word in your life. And I think it's so beautiful, like, what I hear from you guys a lot at Gateway and you personally, Pastor Jim, is just process is so important in how we walk with God. Yes. And you guys are constantly, and I love how you just kind of laid out the story that, you know, this many weeks it got better here, this many, you know, we're laughing and we're, and then we're in love again a year later. It's like, that's so huge for people to hear who are going through stuff because we, we think that if God speaks to us, we're going to have instantaneous breakthrough and our stupidity just goes away and all the, all the stuff we've <laughs> sown just goes away. And I think like one of the things I, I've been loving about exploring the prophetic through this podcast is that we're hearing these processes where it's like, yes, he does cause us not to reap all that we've sown. Yeah, that's true. But there's a process of building his life and his character in us that you can't bypass time. You have to, you have to go through some of that. And cause it's how you learn. It's how you grow. And so I love just your story so far, just in that. Well, take us further because how did you go from like, you know, falling in love, marriage is getting better every year. It's actually like this became one of the things you're about. This is one of the things you've written books about. You've taught seminars or classes, conferences. You've you've pulled people together who are experts in this field and talked about this. Like, how did it go into like, this is one of the things on my life? Well, you know, when I got saved, two weeks after I got saved, uh, yeah, it was two weeks after I got saved. Um, I was sitting in the backyard of my house and uh, I, think, I think I was reading, I don't think I owned a Bible. I was reading some kind of a book. I think it was a Billy Graham book. And like a sheet dropped down in front of my face uh, in the spirit. And I could see myself preaching to a multitude of people. And I had shoulder length blonde hair. I had a pack of Marlboro cigarettes in my pocket. No, no one that I grew up with would ever have said, Jimmy Evans will one day be a preacher. <laughs> I love that. And I mean, I, I had a vision. And, and when I had the vision, Sean, I wanted to preach worse than anything in my entire wow. life. Wow. And I had never thought about being a preacher. I'd never thought. But when the Lord, when the Lord showed me that vision, he said these words to me, you will not go to seminary. Now, 
at that time, I was in a denomination that was anti-Holy Spirit. Okay. And and I realized that if I would have gone to seminary, they would have indoctrinated me against the Holy Spirit. Wow. And at that time, I wasn't baptized in the Holy Spirit, but later I, I became baptized in the Spirit. But um, so I went to work for my dad, and he had an appliance and electronics business. And I was really miserable because I really wanted to go to seminary. I wanted to go and prepare to go into ministry. Yeah. And um, but I stayed in business with him for the next seven years. And one day the pastor at our church, our marriage was growing, you know, and we had a lot of people. We had a life group in our church, uh, the church I later pastored. We had a life group in the church and people came to us. Sean, we never told anybody that we knew anything about marriage. Never. And everybody came to us for help, you know. And so the pastor of the church said one day, why don't you come on staff as a marriage and pre-marriage pastor? Well, that's not really what I wanted to do because I really wanted to preach. But Karen and I prayed about it. We decided to do that. Well, I came on staff, became uh, in in came on staff as a pre-marriage marriage counselor. Well, he left ten months later and went to Florida, and I became senior pastor. Oh my gosh! So I, um, you know, marriage was kind of the foundation. So I, I did marriage series. I, I did a marriage on the rock seminar. I wrote a book called Marriage on the Rock. You know, over the next several years. And that kind of grew. Well, one time it was in April of 1993, I woke up three mornings in a row at three o'clock in the morning and I was watching our TV show. Now, this is a crazy thing. And um, our, our television program is called Marriage Today with Jimmy and Karen. And um, I woke up and I was watching our TV show and the Lord gave me and there was a scripture in my mind. And at that time, I didn't know where the scripture was. But the scripture was, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. And what the Lord was saying is, the the enemy has come against marriage, and I'm going to lift a standard against him. Wow. And so uh, I I was a little bit afraid of that because I just didn't see myself as being a television personality. Uh, we didn't know anything about television. The church didn't really have that much money at that time, but God sovereignly uh, began the process. I'll t- tell you the story, but uh, when I, I I took this to the elders, by the way, and they said, well, it sounds like God, but we don't have money for it, something like that. So let's just wait on God. So I went home and I said, and I kind of felt relieved, honestly. And I went home and I said, okay, Lord, well, you know, we're just waiting on you. And the Lord said, you'll get a call this summer and it'll be the beginning of my provision for this ministry. So that was interesting. So August, that summer came, this was in April, August came and we were at my in-law's house, and this is back when, before cell phones. And my mother-in-law came in the room and said, Jimmy, you have a phone call. And I picked up the phone. It was a friend of mine from California. And he said, hey, you know, I'm kind of downsizing my ministry, and I'm, you know, letting some people, laying some people off. But I have a guy working for me, and the Lord told me he's supposed to be working for you. And I said, who is he? And he told me his name. And I said, well, what is he doing? And he said, television. Hmm. And I said, I don't do television. And he said, and the Lord said, this is the call. So that that person that came on staff for us actually uh, helped. He had a background in television, and he helped us begin our TV show. Well, we have, now have the largest marriage ministry in the world. Wow. And our program is on, you know, many different nations all over the world. We have, you know, our conferences, our, you know, all of our social media, all of our resources, all those kinds of things. But it just began with a step of obedience. But I, I would just say, first of all, the devil almost took us out. Yeah. And but out of that scar 
And out of that experience came a humility and a dependence on God from both of us. Because what we realized was we're not going to do this if we don't depend on God. Yeah. And if it weren't, if it were not for the Lord, we would not be married. And if it were not for the Lord, we would not have any type of a ministry to other people. You know, and I would just say to your listeners, they may be going through a lot of stuff, but see the, the area that God will use you the most in is the area that the devil tried to take you out in. If you'll turn it to God, see redeemed pain is a powerful thing. No one can help an alcoholic like an ex-alcoholic. No one. One of the reasons that our message resonates with people in marriage is because we were messed up. You know, we can, we can totally relate to people who are struggling in their marriages. And, uh, in, with that scar that, you know, when you have a scar in your life, that redeemed scar, uh, by the way, we were redeemed by a man with scars, you know, Jesus (laughs) Christ. And and he still has them. And uh, when he was resurrected, he said, look at these scars. It's me. And so God doesn't take away our scars. He redeems them and he uses them uh, in other people's lives when we surrender them to him. Well, I think, uh, thank you so much for sharing that. And I think years ago, I think it was 2001, I felt like the Lord was saying to me, as a young man who wasn't married, who didn't have a family, he said the next great worldwide revival, not just church revival, the next great worldwide revival will look like family. And that became like something, all of a sudden my name was attached to that quote all over the place. And like, I think I wasn't known at all. I was like, just a, you know, uh, this little guy in a house of prayer in Kansas city. And all these people are like, what do you know about this? Thinking I had this <laughs> epic family, you know? And I'm like, I'm not even married. I just have great parents and whatever, you know, but I, I believe that. And I, I remember just, you know, hearing you and I, first of all, the fact that you've gone off after marriage this way is amazing. Then you're the senior pastor of gateway, which you guys have like 35 to 40,000 members plus hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people watch every week. But then there's this other side of you too that's gone after and been curious and intrigued. I want to hear how they tie together biblical prophecy and the coming of Christ. Like there's these three areas that I'm sure there's many more. I don't want to pigeonhole you in those three, but there's that you've had massive authority in. And how did the kind of that end time Jesus is returning in the midst of everything else emerge as an urgency or as a, as a, a point of focus for you? Well, I do think that uh, when you say pigeonhole, I think that church uh, and leadership is an area that I'm anointed, uh, obviously marriage. When, when I got saved uh, in 1973, um, there uh, I didn't have a Bible. And so one day, Karen and I went to a Christian bookstore. I had never been in a Christian bookstore before. And we went to this Christian bookstore. And I, I was kind of actually kind of fascinated by the fact that there were so many books uh, in there besides the Bible, I just wasn't expecting to go in there and see like eight Bibles on the wall. Or something. <laughs> totally. And so there were all these books in there and Karen was kind of looking around and I saw a late great planet earth by Hal Lindsey. And I picked it up and I was just kind of looking at the cover and trying to figure out what it was about. And then I read the, you know, appendix and everything. And it was talking about that the world, the Bible predicted world events. And it fascinated me. And so I bought the book and I took it home and I absolutely devoured that book. And I just, but it, Sean, I, I just, I always wondered about the future. I, you know, I just thought, what's going to happen in the future? You know, is there going to be horrible things or going to be good things? And, and how, how could you know? Well, I read after, I, I love studying about the end time. See, uh, somewhere between 27 and 30% of the Bible is prophecy. Yeah. And most of that is end time prophecy. This yeah. is the most prophesied period of time in the history of the world. 
Well, there's mm-hmm. a couple of reasons for that. One is because more people are living today than have ever lived in the history of the world. Totally. The other reason is, is because these are the worst times in human history. Not, not necessarily the times before the rapture of the church, but the tribulation period of time, the last seven years of human history. Jesus said, unless those days would have been shortened, no flesh would have survived. And wow. so, so prophecy comforts. Now, some people get, get scared by prophecy. And if you're scared by prophecy, it's either because you don't know about it or someone taught you wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but see, Paul says, comfort each other with these words. In the book of 1 Thessalonians, every, every chapter of 1 Thessalonians talks about the return of Jesus. And Paul said, he comes to deliver us from the wrath that is to come. The tribulation isn't judgment, it's wrath. It's the wrath of God. But we won't be here for that because he's going to deliver us from that. So I got involved with uh, end-time prophecy. I, 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 honestly, it's a hobby. Um, I've read hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books about it, studied the Bible for the last 40, 46 years, 47 years on end-time prophecy. And I just absolutely love it. And, and one of the things about like COVID-19, so when COVID-19 started, everybody started asking me, do you think that we're in the tribulation? I said, absolutely not. And they said, why? And I said, because in Revelation chapter six, the rider on the pale horse kills a fourth of mankind. That's the beginning of the tribulation. Revelation six is the beginning of the tribulation. Well, Sean, there are almost 8 billion people on the earth now. A fourth of mankind is almost 2 billion people. Yeah. Then yeah. in Revelation nine, Three judgments in Revelation 9 kill a third of mankind. In Revelation 16, all sea life dies. And so the, the, the tribulation, over half of humanity dies. And at the end of it, the earth is a smoldering ruin. So Jesus, they came to Jesus in Matthew 19, and they, or Matthew 24, and they said, is this the end? I mean, when, when is the end coming? What are the signs of the time? And Jesus said, there'll be nation rising against nation, kingdom rising against kingdom. Uh, in difficult things in various places. He said, but this is not the end. There'll be famines, earthquakes, and pestilences. These Mm -hmm. are the beginning of sorrows. You had a wonderful prophetic word, I think, last December about COVID-19. And everybody was predicting 2 million people are going to die and all that kind of stuff, you know. And uh, this is not the end. Jesus said, it's going to be the beginning of sorrows. It's, It's like birth pains until Jesus returns enraptures the church, you know, women who give birth, the contractions get closer together and more intense. Yeah. And what That's we're true. seeing today is an intense contraction of it, this COVID-19 and all the other things, the, econ- the economy and all these things that are happening in the world. But it's not the end. When the tribulation begins, it is going to be horrific. It is going to be mass death, uh, Jesus said in Luke 17 that when he came, it would be like the days of Noah and Lot, buying, selling, marrying, giving in marriage, planting, building. That is very good news. Noah and Lot were rescued before the judgment fell. Uh, They lived in a very wicked time, just like we live in a wicked time, but they were rescued out of it. And I believe that we'll be rescued out of it. And And that's just really good news. And I love sharing with people that good news. Yeah, I just I think it's a, a an amazing you know like you said hobby or passion of yours because uh, I just think all the things that you do practically and how you guys have a practical imprint on society and you know the areas that the churches are in the campuses are in and then also on prison systems and I mean you guys are like if if anybody hasn't heard about what Gabriel's doing just you need to get on and, and just listen to some of the 
the highlight reel of what this church and what this movement's doing. But then there's this other side of you too that really cares deeply about the return of Jesus. And I just think that's really a beautiful marriage between the two because there's this, there's what we do now does have ramifications on eternity. And it's like, we're, we're supposed to live for Christ today, but at the same time he's coming back and it's a beautiful picture. And uh, yeah, it's just amazing. Well, I want to ask you, this is, I've been ending all of our interviews this way that I can this year because we're living in such a weird time. And I'm asking the person who uh, I'm interviewing, what is the riskiest thing that God's asked you to do that you've obeyed in the last, you know, most recent time uh, that paid off for you that had good fruit? <laughs> that is a great question. Isn't that what a fun is, question? I've been that, growing and learning from it because I realized I'm not as risky as I thought. And I mean, these are like people like you, great leaders and great influencers who God's asking them to do a lot of things right now in their personal lives or in their, in their ministries and their careers. And I was like, wow, I got to get way more hungry. So I think our listeners are having the same response. We get a lot of comments about people saying, man, I thought I was taking big risks. I'm taking little baby risks, you know? So it's fun to hear. Well, you know, um, as senior pastor of Gateway Church, I uh, oversee a large budget, oversee a lot of, it's, it's a huge church. It's just a massive ministry. And people ask me, you know, how I do it. And, and the answer, Sean, is I, I really try not to. Um, <laughs> I just, I guess the riskiest thing I do is I just don't try to figure stuff out. Wow. Um, you know, Second wow. Corinthians 12. Lord told Paul, my power is made perfect in your weaknesses. It says, therefore, most gladly, I'll boast of my weaknesses that the power of God may dwell in me. I just, um, I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not anointed enough. But you know something? The Lord is so faithful. And um, the when I am at my worst is when I feel responsible to try to produce a result. You know what I'm saying? Wow. When I'm at my best is when I'm not trying. All I'm doing is just absolutely depending on the Lord because he's faithful. You know, he He has been so faithful to me for 40, uh, for 38 years of ministry and 47 years of marriage. He's just so faithful. And, and what I find out is he's not exploring. One day I got really tired, really, really tired years ago. And I was a little frustrated, Lord, because I, I just kind of was in a difficult season of my life. And I was praying and being a little bit sassy with the Lord, which is very smart. And I said, uh, Lord, I'm tired of pedaling and I'm not going to pedal any harder. And the Lord said, I've been waiting for you to pray that prayer. Wow. And, oh. I, and it was a lot like this news flash. The Lord said, I'm tired of you trying to pedal. I'm tired of you wow. trying to do everything. So I think, I think the, the Lord is so faithful because in my natural mind, I just keep thinking, I've got to do this. I've got to do this or this. The only thing I have to do is I just need to obey and I just need to trust in God. I need to obey with him. The Lord gives me messages. He gives me marriage messages. He gives me books. He gives me ideas. He gives me, uh, you know, wisdom for leadership. And it's just so easy. It's just, it's just there. And, and, uh, you know, people may think I'm smart. I'm not smart at all. I just know Jesus, you know, and, and he is so faithful when we depend on him. Well, you're a living example of that. Not only are you telling us your secret, but we get to watch it fleshed out for anybody who gets to see your life at all. And I'm so encouraged by just this interview and what you're telling us, because I think it's true. Tell us, um, I know you just had a new book released and you also, you guys are working on so many things, but whatever you want to highlight to us, I would love to hear about right now, just so our listeners can get a hold. Great. 
Well, let me tell you a couple of books I've got. The Four Laws of Love is my latest marriage book. It's all of my experience in marriage. Best marriage book I've ever written. It's also an audible or, or a. It's an candy. awesome book. I read it. It's it's phenomenal. Thank you. And then I've got Tipping Point that just came out last week. It's uh, it's called Tipping Point. The end is here. It's about the end times. It's the again, the product of you know forty seven years of, of research and studying. And I talk, I talk about COVID nineteen. I talk about current events. I talk wow. about Israel. I talk about a bunch of stuff. But if if somebody wants more information on uh, the end times, Tipping Point is a really good book. That's awesome. And along with that, of course, you can watch Pastor Jimmy regularly on the Gateway streaming uh, service that they have. You can watch Pastor Jimmy at gatewaypeople.com or on his show, Marriage Today. And go to marriagetoday.com to find out how you can have an amazing marriage. I mean, this is an incredible tool. People ask me personally all the time, what would you do uh, to, to strengthen your marriage or what's a tool if, you, if your marriage is having a breakdown? And I'm constantly looking for tools. And when I met Pastor Jimmy, I read his book. And he doesn't know this. And then I started referring people to the website because it's so profound what they're building. And when he says he has the number one marriage ministry today, there's a reason why. And so I'm going to encourage you, if you need help in your marriage, if you need tools, go there, get them today. Like, don't wait, get them today. And then also, you know, join him on the, on his TV show as well. Thanks so much for being on today. We so appreciate you. Thanks for taking the time for our listeners. Thank you, Sean, so much. I really enjoyed it. Have you been enjoying Exploring the Prophetic? Well, you can enjoy it even more by becoming a partner with Bulls Ministries. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment, to upgrade everything we're doing, to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have, that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on a journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles. I want to encourage you to stay involved with us. Continue the conversation online by going to our Facebook page. Sean Bowles is our Facebook public address. Also, you can visit us at www.bowlesministries.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. It's Exploring the Prophetic with Sean Bowles.